My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. This week, we're going to talk about summer-scented candle recommendations, multitasking, and the executive workout. If you haven't noticed, we've officially entered summer. You probably haven't noticed because everyone's stuck in their apartments, houses, or wherever they've been cooped up for the last few months. But just because that's the case doesn't mean that we can't embrace summer a little bit. And I think the best way to do that right now would by doing some summer scented candle recommendations. The first scented candle is one from Goop, and it's a company that you've obviously heard a lot about if you've listened to this podcast before. And they've had a candle in the past that was quite famous, but we'll get to that in a second. This candle is called, This Candle Smells Like My Orgasm. Yes, I know it's ridiculous. It's $75, just in you know classic goop fashion. But the way that they describe it as a fitting follow-up to a candle, you know the one, and I think they're talking about the other one. This blend is made with tart grapefruit neroli, which I'm not even really sure what that is, ripe cassis berries blended with gunpowder tea, and Turkish rose and it absolutes for a scent that's sexy, surprising, and wildly addictive. If you don't know the candle that I'm referring to, I'm talking about the first candle that Goop did that went mega viral that was called This Candle Smells Like My Vagina. Uh, She's done numerous interviews about it and right now I will play a quick clip from the Seth Meyers interview that she did that kind of described the thought process behind these candles. Here it is. Well, uh, it's a candle. Yeah. And um, so it's called This Smells Like My Vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it sort of started as a joke. We were, I was with the nose Douglas Little for his brand Heretic and we were kind of messing around and uh, I smelled this beautiful thing and I was like, this smells like my vagina. (laughs) And I was kidding, obviously. and we were on mushrooms, and no, we weren't, we weren't on mushrooms. We weren't, we weren't. Yeah. But um, so then it actually became kind of a funny thing where it was A, really funny to us, yeah. um, but also a little bit punk rock. And, you know, I mean, I think women, uh, a lot of us have grown up feeling certain degrees of shame around our body or whatever. So this is just a little bit of a, you know, subversive candle for all of us out there. And I have to uh, uh, tip my cap to the marketing of it because I will say in my entire life, uh, I've never heard more people say, have you heard about this candle? The candle itself was a collaboration with Heretic Parfum, which is a plant-based perfume company that's made with 100% plant and flower materials and it's alive with vibrancy of nature. It sounds a little ridiculous, but I can vouch for these candles. They are very, very nice. And yes, if you're wondering, the box does have a pretty uh, tongue-in-cheek looking graphic on it, which is just fireworks, which I think match- matches the, uh, the orgasm double entendre there. Next, we have a little more G-rated candle. It's called Big Sur After Rain by DS and Durga. This is a company that I wasn't totally familiar with, but I actually got an ad for on Instagram that kind of caught me. It's led by a husband and wife team, Kavi and David. Uh, Kavi's the designer and David is the perfumer and they're based out of Brooklyn. They create what they call authentic studies of real world objects, plants and spaces and they weave them into narratives that transport you to far off places, material and imagery and everything is actually made in New York City. 
If you know any of my history, I do have a small connection to San Francisco and Northern California, Highway 1, and just kind of the Bay Area in general. I only lived there for a short period of time, but in that time, I kind of fell in love with it, and it's been somewhere that I've wanted to live ever since. But due to numerous things, I don't think I'll ever actually live there again, so I'll just have to settle for a couple trips a year out there to see some friends. The scent notes for this particular candle are uh, described as rainwater in eucalyptus groves off Highway 1. If you're unfamiliar with Highway 1, it runs pretty much the entire stretch of the, uh, the state of California, and it's absolutely beautiful. The top notes of this are coastal rain and eucalyptus shoot. The heart notes are magnolia and Pacific spray, and the base notes are eucalyptus leaf and wet wood. Every candle that they create comes with liner notes that have a kind of a story that sets the tone, and this one's no different. I'm going to read some of this one. It's a little long, so bear with me, but it says, By Big Sur, you have a wonderful microclimate from the heat and the fog. Redwoods and other conifers hide groves off the side of the road. Eucalyptus abounds, but it doesn't yet smell medicinal like when you encounter the oil in a sauna. It's still thick with green shoots saturated from their perfumed freshness. The long spears of eucalyptus dart out from the branch, eventually falling to the floor, creating a dry, russet underbrush. When it rains, the earth is soaked and the scent of eucalyptus combines with the fog to make an almost natural medicine lodge. Through the cracks in the trees, you can see the sweeping waves. Is that a little bit heady? Maybe, but that's okay. Our next candle comes from a company called Bright Black Candles, and it's called Kingston for $25. This company is black and family-owned, I found it in that thread. I think it went pretty viral on Twitter recently, and I retweeted it from Sunday Scaries, which is at Sunday Scaries if you want to give it a follow. And it was a thread of all black-owned scented candle companies. This was one that definitely caught my eye, and I will say they're all sold out right now. But if you sign up for their email list and you can get notifications, it's definitely worth doing because at $25, these are kind of a steal. Tiffany started the company with her husband, Dariel, and their daughter, Elena. And what they say is that they use sense as a medium and candles as a platform for sharing positive narratives about blackness. They started cre creating candles about five years ago and they started the actual business in 2018. The candle quote, welcomes you seaside with the scent of rum spiked, grapefruit flavored ting and sugar cane. And I have to say, not only does that sound like a wonderful candle, but even maybe, I don't know, a cocktail that I might wanna have. One thing I love about this candle, and I think it kind of brings it to life, is that it has a wood wick. Wooden wicks are something I've never actually talked about on here, but you know, to be fair, they actually require more maintenance than other wicks. Uh, they burn longer, they burn cleaner, and they create a charming crackling sound. Uh, most wood wick problems come from having too long of a wick, and so you have to be careful. If it's too long, it won't burn, and so you have to really keep on it to keep it about an eighth of an inch or less uh, while burning it. If it's a normal wick, you usually have to trim it to about a quarter inch, but these wood ones, they require a little bit more. So if you're a little lazy, then this might not be the candle for you, but if you like a good candle that has a, a different kind of wick, then I don't think you need to look any further. Like I said, they're sold out now, but you should support the hell out of them when they're restocked. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates, fiance, significant other, whoever it is in your place, you don't want to hear what they're listening to all the time. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. 
You already know that Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, they're perfect for conference calls or even binging podcasts. I use these on a daily basis when I do my daily Peloton rides, and I have to say I love them. They're some of my favorite earbuds that I've ever used. They never fall out. They have different attachments that make it so you can have any ear size, and they will be perfect for you. Unlike some of your other wireless earbud options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems that distract people. You can pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash scaries. That's buyraycon.com slash scaries for 15% off your Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash scaries. Think about what you're doing right now. You could be listening to a podcast, which obviously you are because uh, you're hearing me say this. You could be driving, texting, working on your laptop at home, watching something softly on TV while listening to this, or just working. Multitasking is something that I've always struggled with. Going from class to class in middle school and high school was always not, not a bad thing for me, but it was always hard for me to switch gears with just a couple minutes between them. Even taking notes during class distracted me because I felt like I was too busy thinking about the notes that I was taking and not busy or, and not paying attention to what the teacher was actually saying. It kind of stuck with me forever to the point where I was like, do I have ADD or am I just really bad at multitasking? As it turns out, I don't have ADD. Uh, but this continued when I started working in an office environment. Coworker conversations, just general sounds of people mulling around the office, meetings, emails coming in, Slack messages coming in. While all these are productive, they are also just insanely distracting. And this doesn't even have to be in something where you're forced to be there. It could be something like cooking. When something's in the oven, something's on the stove, something needs to be chopped, something's been sitting for a little bit or needs to be seasoned. There are so many things that we do every single day that require a significant amount of multitasking, but we don't really realize it at the time and we don't realize how that can affect our productivity. Multitasking for me is just really a balancing act and sometimes I'm not even aware that I'm doing it, like I just said. And through all of this, it kind of made me wonder, do the benefits of multitasking outweigh the benefits of honing in on something? I've always been much more productive when I start working in the morning. I don't know if this is because I'm more energetic because I got a good night's rest. I don't know if it's because my brain is clear because I had just woken up and I haven't really taken on some of my other responsibilities throughout the day. But when I'm trying to be creative, when I'm working on this podcast, when I'm doing writing, when I'm trying to make graphics for things, the morning is always a time when I feel like I'm doing the least amount of multitasking. And for some reason, when I was thinking about doing this episode, I thought about whether or not I could record an episode of this while I was doing a strenuous exercise. The reason I thought about this, and I know that it's weird uh, and it would obviously sound terrible, but I was thinking that I could maybe access a part of my brain that I otherwise wouldn't if I wasn't exercising, and I was just trying to think of how that would affect me. Part of the reason that I started doing a little less scripted episodes of this was because when I did my interview with uh, Kate Kennedy to be there in five, she said that doing things less scripted helped her access a different part of her brain. Well, as I was thinking about you know putting in intense physical work, I guess you would call it, I, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that I might have some some different things in my brain go off 
if I'm doing something else that's completely different than the task at hand. And while I didn't actually do that, obviously, I think I might in the future. Uh, I did some research on this and it says that uh, research has demonstrated that switching from one task to the next task takes a serious toll on productivity, something that I already had a feeling about. And they went on to say that participants lost significant amounts of time as they switched between multiple tasks and lost even more time as the task became increasingly complex. And I think this really means a lot when you start thinking about work. The more that you think about when you're at work, these are tasks that actually require some returns on your investment. And by investment, I mean, you know, the time that you put into them. Uh, from these studies, they also said that participants were slower when they had to switch tasks than when they repeated the same task. And so if you are doing something, you take a 10 minute break and then you go back to doing it, you're still multitasking in a way, but it's going to be a lot more uh, consistent if you do that rather than switching to something completely different. Uh, another thing from these studies that I saw was that productivity can be reduced by as much as 40% by the mental blocks created when pe people switch tasks. So just think about when you're going from doing something very intense and then all of a sudden you get a calendar notification that you know you have to go into a conference room and have a meeting for an hour. You're probably going to enter that conference room thinking about the very intense task at hand and you're not going to be immediately into that meeting. And then by the time you get out of that meeting and you're in meeting mode, going back to that task is going to be very difficult on you. Uh, the times when you're not distracted, just think about what you do. Do you have an inherent need to fill your time? Because I know I do. When I begin multi, or I, I usually just start begin multitasking. I, I sit there and if I'm bored, then I'll do something. I'll put on a podcast, I'll start scrolling things on my phone playing games, whether it's, you know, FIFA or just something bored on my phone. And I, I try to find these distractions that make me multitask. I've had some old jobs in the past and I have I don't have a, a deep resume, but I have two jobs that, you know, required a lot of multitasking. My first was at a company called Huzzah, which I worked at for a long time in my hometown, Harbor Springs, Michigan. And there I was fulfilling orders, doing customer service, working with customers in person, doing meetings, colleague communication unpacking orders whatever it was we did in that store i had a hand in a lot of it and i loved it but at the same time it became very i don't want to say frustrating because it was you know you kind of have to do what's needed of you but it became it bogged me down a bit not being able to hone in on the things that i wanted to do as opposed to the things that i was just required to do because of my job and then when i moved on and i started working for my next company i was doing writing editing social media recording podcasts going to meetings doing pretty much everything and from there, it became more evident to me that I needed that time. And I had to figure out how to combat this. And so what I started doing was that I started lumping similar tasks together. I would know that I had to do all my Twitter stuff on one day at Grand X. I would know that I would do all my writing in the morning, editing in the afternoon, and I really had to segment everything I did. I also started using the 20 minute rule. So instead of constantly switching between tasks, I tried to fully devote some time and attention to one task for 20 minutes before switching to another. And then in between the tasks, I wouldn't take 20 minutes because I think I might've gotten fired had I done that. But I would try to take a significant portion of time to clear my head, maybe make a cup of coffee, get some water, do whatever it was to separate the two. Uh, and then I started doing something that I still do to this day, which is work from home. I started doing work from home Wednesdays. I wrote a column that was a very uh, cult column that a lot of people liked called Things Girls Do After Graduation. And I wrote that every single Wednesday for release around lunchtime on Wednesday. 
Well, as I was going into the office, I started to realize that I couldn't get as nearly as much done as I wanted to. So I started working from home on Wednesday mornings so I could get it done without people stopping by my desk to just, you know, talk to me or do, do whatever. And so what, what that allowed me to do is control my environment, eliminate distractions and actually get the work done. And the final two things I did were prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. If one task meant more than the other, then I wasn't going to think about the other one until the one task was done. Uh, and the final one was just be selfish. I know it's uh, not exactly the best advice in this, uh, in this world to tell people to be as selfish as possible. But when it comes to productivity and getting things done, you have to be selfish because if you're not, there's a very good chance that somebody above you will wonder what the hell you're doing not finishing your work. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you can guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. And you can also follow along on Twitter, at SundayScaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at WillDeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.